Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Carbonite Bounty BS, where we talk all things Star Wars. And today we got a special treat for you. We're going to discuss and break down our watch of uh, episode one, and we're going to go over all our points, all our likes, dislikes, and basically an open discussion on what we think, what you think, and uh, just come up with an overall talk over all things episode one, The Phantom Menace. Uh, before we get started here, let me pass this over to DP, and he's going to let you know where to find us at. Nerdcyclopedia.com, people. We say it over and over again. That's where you can find all our links to all our social media platforms. And we don't get banned here. No, let me stop. Um, <laughs> we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram at Nerdcyclopedia. And also, you can email us at Nerdcyclopedia.com. Um, make sure that you are sending us all your comments, all your feedback. Make sure that you are subscribing to us on all our, um, you know, all the platforms: iHeartRadio, Apple um, Podcasts, um, Google Play. Basically, anywhere that you listen to Spotify. Basically, where anywhere that you listen to your um, favorite podcast, we are there. All right, and without further ado, guys. So, um, you know, we've all watched episode one again, hopefully, and. And came up with some uh, some new conclusions of it. But uh, as we'll open things up here, Ken, I know we had a little discussion. You had a discussion off air as far as, you know, just the kind of fandom, we'll say, because of the length of time that took us to get Star Wars back. So as far as the overall fandom coming into the movie before we start discussing the movie, I mean, what were your thoughts on it? Because like I said, I remember waiting in line to see it. I mean, the, the fandom of Star Wars coming back, it, it was unheard of i mean you know the lines the press this this was on it was huge yeah it was uh it was a huge build and uh i remember my experience was i waited in line for tickets i had to sleep overnight actually to, <laughs> tickets to see it uh so i got them i got them and uh the next weekend i went to uh denver to the uh Air and Space Museum there, the Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum for a celebration. It was the first one, first only. It was a convention only Star Wars. I don't know if you were privy to that, but it was uh, it was amazing. It was just overload. Uh, it was a huge, huge event. Thousands of fans, lots of lots of swag, lots of like preview toys and figures. So when I came back and I was waiting to see this movie, I already had all this build in me i already knew a lot of some of the ins and outs what was going on in the film what they were going to introduce so it was a huge build for me um watching it again i hadn't watched it really probably in a year or so just i watched it just two nights ago brought back all of that and i loved every second of it and i could see i felt like a kid again and i remember seeing in a theater and everyone had every other person had the jedi robe on and there were lightsabers and people were acting out battles on the on the stage and in the, the, the screen and everything it was a real nerd thing going on and um i remember watching the movie then years ago and i watched it two nights ago and i had the same the same vibe it was great it was a nice reintroduction to star wars it brought it it was a fresh a lot of technology going on in it and that's what we were kind of talking about it that was my that's really my only like criticism of it it's it was like too much it's like george mm -hmm. so excited with all this cool stuff that he could do really easy that he overdid it in a lot of and we could talk about through the whole movie where there was like he just dialed it to 11 the entire time special effects but 
Like a Michael Bay movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if Michael Bay was a special effects, you know, animator. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's that, that's my own. But yeah, so it was it was nice to just watch it again and have all that relive all those memories. It's cool. What do you think, Hitch? Uh, well, for me, you know, episode one was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in a theater. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but I'm not that old. I, I know I look old. But I'm not. And, and so, you know, I remember I was ninth grade and, you know, my school had exams because my school was one of those types of schools. And we got done with exams like one. So me and a big group of guys from the Lindsley School freshman class went over and saw Phantom Menace like one o'clock in, uh, in St. Clairsville, Ohio. And I remember being super jazzed up about how, you know, how much of the marketing there had been and that this was brand new content. And I just started really kind of getting into Star Wars, I think, maybe in seventh, eighth grade. So this was right, right at the same time. Uh, there was so much advertising for this back in 1999. It is hard to say because you don't see even this sort of saturation like, like you did back then. I mean, you could not walk from the Mountain Dew to the Pepsi without running into at least an R2-D2. Like, like, like cardboard stand-up, life-size. And, and, and every store. Uh, it's important to remember that this, this movie, and we'll talk about the movie from here on, but I want to say it was a phenomenon when it came out. I mean, when you look at the box office receipts, they're there. And the reason they're there is because this movie was a phenomenon. Um, to the movie itself, I remember, I remember leaving this movie and being super excited about where they were going to go with it, but at the same time, sort of like thinking, okay, the next movie will definitely be the Clone Wars because they can't, they can't kick the can down the road. Uh, I also remember be, sort of wondering why all the, uh, Nemodians sounded like they were Japanese. I remember that was a question I had the whole time and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, is it a Pearl Harbor thing? I don't, you know, I, I was like, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there with George. Um, and, you know, watching it again after uh, a while and, um, you know, there's some parts of it that I guess I didn't hate as much as I used to. And maybe it's because I know, like, all the all the slapsticky things in the first part of the movie sort of melt away is what I noticed this time. And that's something I hadn't noticed before. All the stepping in poop and, you know, the tongues lashing out that we have in our thumbnail. <laughs> so if you check that out. Uh, all that stuff happens before the pod race scene. And what I noticed is that after the pod racing, it seemed like the focus of the movie really shifted. And it's interesting because, you know, from a from an actual plot perspective, you know, there's this sort of boring trade, you know, dispute story that's happening. And then all of a sudden, Anakin Skywalker shows up, boom, and he's the chosen one. And now the story is about something totally different. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I hadn't appreciated before about The Phantom Menace and something that I enjoyed on this rewatch that I wasn't expecting to. What do you think, DT? So... I come from the, the, the casual, you know, fan perspective. I'm a dedicated nerd, guys. I'm, like, all in the nerd culture. So, you know, I'm, I love Marvel. I love DC. I love, you know, sci-fi stuff. But for whatever reason, I never, I, I, at that point in time, I was never really into Star Wars. I heard so much about it, you know, growing up and, you know, never really got into, like, the movies like that. It was, for me, like, space-type movies. Anything that was like out, outside of Earth, you know, that was science fiction range, um, I wasn't really into. If it took place on Earth, I was into. If it took place outside of Earth, I, I would say I wasn't really into it, you know, like that. So me seeing a Phantom Menace, I, I was there on the first day because I was the person that I wanted to see what was the hype, you know, what was the hype was all about. And I was like, okay, if, if I'm going to watch Star Wars and they're starting on episode one, 
let me start on episode one since it's the very beginning of the story. So it was it was I was there the first day. I remember like Hit said, you know, all the hype surrounding it. You couldn't really, you know, move about or you know move from one step to another without actually seeing like Star Wars gear. Everyone was so hyped about this thing coming out where I was like, wow, it's it has this much culture behind it, has this much, you know, fandom behind it. I mean, I'm a, you know, diehard geek. Uh, but, you know, this is probably the last, you know, bashing of fandom I, I, I haven't broached yet. So I went and seen it. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, what is the hype all about? Because I am just super confused as to everything that's going on. You know, um, I know about lightsabers and everything. That was just something that was just, you know, embedded in the Star Wars culture and stuff. Um, but other than that. Um, it really had no characters that I could relate to or, you know, really recognize. I mean, Skywalker, they, they, even the name Skywalker really didn't come into to the movie itself until maybe like 40 minutes into the movie. So everything before then, it was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I think when I was really anticipating, okay, you know, I, I knew that Anakin Skywalker was going to eventually be Darth Vader. So that was the big thing. Darth Vader is like, you know, the big to do. And I knew I wasn't going to see any type of Darth Vader in this first film. But I think walking out of it, which I, I was a little bit disappointed in the, um, you know, in my initial, um, you know, viewing it at that point in time was it, it just left me hanging like, OK, I got to wait another couple years to see the next episode. Ah, you know, it, it was a little frustrating the way it ended. Me seeing this the second time, like I said, I haven't seen this movie since it actually came out, if I didn't say that already. I've been seeing this movie since it came out. Seeing this the second time, after so many years, it was a fun watch, I swear to God. After um, <laughs> after watching all these, this, the Mandalorian and really getting indoctrinated into like, you know, you know, good amount of Star Wars stuff, this movie, it was a really fun watch. It wasn't the greatest movie. I mean, it's not your godfather or anything like that, <laughs> you know. But I mean, it was a it was a fun watch. Um, I, I could I could give or take them taking so long to um to get to Anakin because he really is the main crux of you know everything that's going on. But um, it, it was a fun watch, and Jar Jar Banks wasn't as annoying as 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 is what I thought, you know, initially in my, in my memories and everything. And it had a lot of cool fight scenes. I love the end where um, um, Qui-Gon, you know, was going against Darth Maul. That was just, oh, you know, just we'll, seeing We'll that. get to that. We'll okay, that. all right, all right. We'll, 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 we'll slow we'll down. But it was yeah. a really fun watch, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as my initial reactions, I, I, I'm kind of mixed with you guys. Um, I, I'm like, hey, it's a lot younger. So as far as when I seen it, I remember I was in about, I want to say – eighth grade um didn't go to st c but i was in washington so <laughs> well the other washington. direction right i could yeah, we could have so gone to why we just decided to go to st c we went to the uh, i went to the crown center it was actually sold out so that was really my first time being at a theater to like seeing a theater seat to seat sold out i mean and then moving forward i believe it was sold out for two three and seven were the movies that i went to other than every marvel movie um that was like sold out you're not getting you know you're not getting up you better get your seat because literally the all the boards i remember showing up with my parents and we actually went to the midnight showing 
So first time I seen a board where every so show said sold out, and it was like amazing to me that, you know, wow, this is you know a sold out movie. Um, I was kind of into the culture before then, as far as the older stuff, because my um, my stepdad was always big into it, so he kind of gravitated me toward it at a young age. So um, really was always into Star Wars, but looking at the movie, like you're saying, the first watch, I was young, so it was kind of like, ah, I liked it. Um, the humor, because I was a lot younger, didn't bother me as much. I think I've probably seen the movie literally like 10 or 15 times. Um, but <laughs> as I've watched it more and more, and as I've watched it a few days ago, um, it's not as bad. I will say um, a couple tidbits I, I pulled out of it, and I know we discussed off camera. Um, it was just the – it seemed like he tried to please the hardcores, but then he tried to cater to the newer generation. And I think that's where the movie kind of clashes in the two parts. As we discussed off the bat, I kind of liked where we see the Jedi as detectives, as you know, Hitch and we always want to say, we want to see the other side of the, the Jedi Academy. What else uh, did the Jedi do? Um, they were detecting, they were, they were detectives looking at a disturbance with a trade federation. So I kind of like that kind of part of it, but it was so abrupt. And then to kind of see their findings reporting back to the council and all that stuff. I thought the pacing of the movie was all right. Um, I just, it's one of those things there. It was so new because of so long we had it. There were too many characters and I just felt like it's one of those things like the Mandalorian. There needed to be more character development, you know, like it, it needed to be split more. We didn't know much about Qui-Gon as the movie ended and he didn't survive another one. We found out a lot more of him obviously in later episodes and things like that, but Qui-Gon we didn't hear enough about. But that violates the um, first rule of movie making, show not tell, right? right? Exactly, yeah. So telling so us we about really, this stuff. Yeah, we didn't, I didn't think we get enough character development because there was just too much. It was a great movie. Um, the time was right. I, it actually was a decently, you know, timed movie. Um, I yeah. just be, I remember being in awe of even the trailers. When you see Darth Maul just come out of the two doors and he just ignites that one blade and then the second blade, that – that to me will always stick in my mind, even as a kid, to just see him at that initial scene. I mean, that's and then the look of him, you know, at this time, he, he was, I mean, he was menacing. And he just look of him, he just looked like evil, you know. And you didn't know he wasn't so, going to uh, be the thing that would dominate like the Star right. Wars villainy for 20 years when they were marketing the movie exactly. in April, you know? You had no yeah. idea. So, yeah, it was so crazy. So, I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was a good movie. Like, you know, and we'll go over our, our rating number, I guess, later on in the episode, but. <laughs> You know, I didn't have really an issue with it. I thought it was an all right. It was an all right movie. But um, I guess getting into the topics here, who wants to kick one off? Because you know, I, I have my thoughts about the the Jedi and, and what I think George did wrong. But uh, who wants to give us a fir the first topic of the day? I got a thing I liked, and it's a good thing. And it's the casting in this movie was good, and specifically, I like Ewan McGregor. As Obi-Wan Kenobi, I still think he's an excellent Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think maybe as far as like the things that they do right in these in these prequels, that's the thing they did right. The most is and casting him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you know Kenobi. why? Do you know why he was? Why? He studied Sir Alec Guinness. He studied him. He studied his mannerism. He studied his ideology. He studied who that actor was because that actor was Obi-Wan Kenobi. And there are moments where there's pauses like even after they're after uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and they jump down out of the ventilator shaft and they're in the the uh, uh, the droid army uh, what would you call that the bay that they're all sort of engaged in mm -hmm. there's pauses between them 
between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon that with the dialogue that are very synonymous with the way a experienced British Shakespearean actor would have played it. And that's that's why he was. That. And then even Liam ne- uh, uh What's the actor's name? Can't think of Liam his Neeson? name. Yeah, yeah Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I mean, these were... And that's why... Hitch, you're at, spot on. You cast these people properly because they're classical actors, and they have to be to play these important roles. You know, these, they bring these... this this gravitas to the Jedi that is so. It's a little bit different than what we see with Luke and Vader and the Emperor. The Emperor obviously cackling and snapping lightning at everybody. You know what I mean? And, and Qui Gon is just this, uh, just this different sort of stoic. You know, he's basically, he's William Neeson. I mean, I don't know how else to put that, right? He's basically playing the <laughs> character that Sean Bean would be playing if they made that movie now, right? We all agree, if they made this movie today, Qui-Gon Jinn would be played by Sean Bean, and he would definitely get killed again. <laughs> he would definitely, <laughs> definitely get 86. Um, but I really like the way Liam Neeson approached it, is they, they approach them as if they're Shakespearean characters. And that's sort of, it's interesting because it makes you, it gives this them this sort of like arrogance, right? That's like, that you can see reflected in, in the Trade Federation when they say, like, oh, we won't survive this, right? The Jedi have this deadly reputation. And you have to use the accent. We won't survive I'm this. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I know better than to like do something like that. It's very important to them. Yeah. So I thought that was excellent casting. Um, let's talk about, for a second, Natalie Portman and, and casting her when, when you know, at this time because she was completely unknown this is her very first thing i think oh no after after the professional yeah so she right. has she has a professional yes. and does this movie and, and 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 lucas's instincts on this actress are excellent because i mean obviously her, the work that she has done since then has certainly justified this casting and, and this this placement in the star wars lore is luke skywalker and leia Organa's mother and 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 to have hit it on in my opinion a 10 of 10 yeah. is is good work and hard to do if you're thinking about like the movie six years from now when you're talking about that age range, you know what I mean? So really, really just just good work, uh, you know, casting Natalie Portman, and of course, my favorite my favorite stunt casting in the whole thing is Samuel L. Jackson showing up in the Jedi Council as Mace Windu, which at the time, you know, there was no sort of indication that he was going to get to like kick some ass <laughs> later <laughs> on. You know what I mean? He was just chilling. So um, I really enjoyed a lot of the performances. I thought, you know, I, I just think that even, like, Greg Proops as the guy, like, announcing the podcast race, like, even things like that, you know, they got the real top quality people. And so I think that that's one thing that where I don't, I honestly don't have any issues, except maybe Jake Lloyd, but he's a little kid. I, I think that, you know, you have to have a sliding yeah, standard for him. He was, he was perfect. I mean, I like Jake, Jake Lloyd. I like him. I like him. Yeah, now I, he's. I but I, I can see where Hitch, you know, was annoyed because I think I would felt the same way back in 1999. It's one because line. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here like, why is this? What is this little boy? And and he has it. The real movie really gave no indication he was headed towards the dark side, but just the fact that um he was just you know being like really aggressive on him trying to get into that pod race. You know, he wanted to get into the pot race. I could do this. I could do this. And he was real, um, you know, real, real, real. You know, he he just had that personality that he was a go getter. So that was really all we got from him. Nothing to indicate that it was going to go a uh, really, you know, um, crazy way. 
but from like the um the exposition about you know when when um Qui Gon you know searched for you know the his midichlorians was like super high and everything and you know he was the special one he was the chosen one um in which you know Qui Gon felt that he was but you know the other the other Jedi um council didn't really feel he was like that but as far as his personality uh I I I, I, I it complete one eighty from when I remember first remembered the movie. Yeah, and he was a he was a slave too. Him and his mother. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. came from this really uh, bad background, and he was all he wanted to do was get out and be free. And that was and that that's a dangerous thing because if you want to fight for your freedom, that makes you that makes you a, a weapon. You're, you yeah. know, you'll look for any avenue to get out and fight back against anybody who's trying to tell you what to do. And the I think the Jedi Council saw that. And that's why they didn't want him to train because he was going to be a dangerous weapon, and, and they were right. They were absolutely right. Well, they felt he was a certain age. He was past a certain age, right? The age of um, yeah. They thought he was too old to basically. They thought he was too old, too old to influence based on what they felt. You know, well, it's not just that. Is that he, he had developed this attachment to his mother, where yeah. you know, if he starts feeling these intuitive feelings about her being in danger. And he starts going off and, oh, I don't know, committing some genocide, light genocide here and there. You know, maybe that would be a terrible thing. <laughs> and so the, one of the reasons they take these, these Force-sensitive babies away from their parents is because one of the main things that makes people fall to the dark side is when things happen to their immediate family. It's like this insane trigger for them. And so one of the things the Jedi did was say, no more of that. No more, no more attachment. We're going to take you early. And at 10, you know, Anakin already has these, these sort of, you know, this sort of worldview building where... He is, you know, he has this oppressed, oppressed life and he wants to liberate people. So the problem with Anakin is that Anakin has this desire to obtain power for a purpose. And the Jedi, if, if you do that, that is literally what the dark side is, is when you try to utilize the force to, to change things, right? That's what, that's what Palpatine does. It's what uh, Jason Solo did in the Legends series that we don't talk about anymore. Right. And that's the problem with training someone that's his age and, and his coming from his disposition, especially because let's let's talk about the real Phantom Menaces here. It's abandoning his mother to this life of bondage and not going back and getting her. And even for the queen to not pony it up and go back there and get, you know, get Anakin's mother out of hawk for, I don't know, saving the whole damn planet. You know, you would think that that would be worth some sort of monetary getback and that, you know, the cost of his mother wouldn't have busted anybody's bank and yet they didn't do it. So almost I'm sitting here thinking, is that really the Phantom Menace? Is it th that the Jedi were blind to, you know, to this, this, this fraught existence of these people who are in bondage? Is it because the Jedi, instead of coming back and fixing this, held on to their, their special boy? And left. Yeah. Well, who, yeah. who who else would the Jedi didn't want to? The Jedi Council didn't want to train Grogu, right? Mm -hmm. Young, too dangerous. But you know, the fan the Phantom Menace. To, when I watched it again, because I we we were talking <clears throat> on the internet about what the Phantom Menace is. To me, it's the it's the hidden aliases of Sidious, and that's the Phantom Menace. Is Darth Maul. Lord Sidious. Nobody knows who they are. They have multiple names. And right. that that's really the the evil, the hidden evil. And it's right there in front of everybody's faces. 
There it is. And they're just like, oh, yeah, let them, let them, let them roll, let them roll. And it's great that Jar Jar starts it. Like, it's his. He says, yes, vote Valar, you know, vote Valarum out. And here's Chancellor Palpatine, new ruler. That's the Empire right there. That's it. Little bit of feedback. So, so Anna, so uh, Tom Hastings uh, on the old uh, Carbonite Bounty BS message board is saying, uh, Anakin was the hero of the story. He brought peace and justice to his empire. This is all propaganda. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, there's certain things you shouldn't probably do uh, to create your empire, and one of those things would not be riding on a river of blood. So, how about that? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. As as far as my take, I mean. I just, I mean, obviously, I feel can that the real meaning of the Phantom Menace, but to me, watching it as I got older, really saw the flaws. And I, I was, we were talking this off the obviously off the stream. Biggest thing with me was the flaws in the Jedi Council. Um, you really start to see because to this point, once again, we didn't know much of the Jedi Council because as we saw them growing up, there was no Jedi Council. Um, right. So when you see this, you really start to wonder as far as. What are their true motives? I mean, as we, you know, move further into lure and things like that, they're supposed to be, you know, defenders of peace. And uh, at this point, they're like weapons, you know. It's, mm. And to, in my eyes, I felt that that was Yoda's dying mistake, that he, you know, took away, and we discussed it, the human element of the Jedi. And I think that's why Qui-Gon was never at a council seat. He had an opportunity to get a council seat and obviously stuff that or legends and whatnot – but passed it up just due to the fact that they didn't feel they, they felt his ideas were too radical. Um, he just thought of, you know, Jedi's being able to love, to care. And that's why he took special care as far as looking into Anakin, not only for the midichlorians, but um, as we discussed, maybe some what ifs. And we can do that maybe later on on the podcast here. But uh, I just think, you know, what if he lived? Because I just felt like he was the true embodiment of the late side of the force. Because he brought balance, you know, as we see, you know, to now current, that the shift of the Jedi was too far to the other side. There was no balance with the Jedi, you know. There was aggression. They were basically weaponized soldiers at this point. Um, Qui-Gon wasn't like that. He's more pacifistic. And it even leads to, you know, kind of Obi-Wan. I mean, you know, at this point, we're, we're looking at Obi-Wan as what? I'm saying 19-ish. He's fairly young. Yeah, like he's one of the youngest yeah, Jedi masters, yeah. So right. you have to think, you know, he's young. He looks at him as a father figure, and for your father to kind of be chopped down in front of you like that, I mean, you know, he gets to grow up pretty quick. I mean, he took the trials, become a master, takes on an apprentice, to where he has not even finished his full training, which is which kind of weird. They, you know, they're obviously not Anakin, but he takes Jedi trials when he clearly isn't even ready. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big Qui-Gon. I'm a big Qui-Gon fan. So the fact that he kind of went early was. It's still a sour taste in my mouth as far as the what ifs because I just think he was the strongest Jedi in the Force as far as what he was able to do, but um, you know just wasn't able to show that in the Living Force. Sort of had to go because that pushed Obi Wan to his next level. I mean that that opened him up to be a better a better Jedi. That inspired him, right? And what did he do? He cut down Darth Maul. He probably yeah. wouldn't be able to do that without that little bit of anger, and so you got to balance things too. You got to balance your the good and evil to make make a good person. You got to have both because you got to be able to think on both sides of the force. I'll be the first to say I don't rate Obi Wan. I said this off. I think Obi Wan was one of the weaker 
Jedi. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. I just think. Uh, I mean, just look at it. The jealousy of you know, we talked about it. I just thought he was jealous of Anakin as a character. I and agree. We, it's obviously not on this one, not on this episode yet. We'll get into it at later episodes. But he just he be he's a little envious, and you know because he senses he's not going to be as powerful. So oh, um, I think it's I yeah. think it has everything to do with Qui Gon Jinn. I, I think it has everything to do with Qui Gon Jinn, who is who is Obi Wan's mentor. And as soon as Anakin comes along, he discards Obi Wan. Right. You know, exactly. nope, you're not my you're not my Padawan anymore. I'm gonna take this kid here. Oh, that guy, hey, he's fine. He'll do fine on the trials. I know he's not really ready, but he'll do good anyway. Right. And so there's this weird, like, you know, not good enough feeling that he has toward Anakin, where he's gonna like, you know, it, it sets this up. That that jealousy sets up the resentment that you're talking about. That we're definitely right. are gonna be. I mean, we hit two. Especially two, I feel like two is the one where you really feel like this, like grinding, like a resentment against Anakin the whole time. By three, he sort of has accepted that Anakin's the be- like the bigger man, right? That Anakin's going to be the bigger deal. But two, man, he- he's really resentful, and I think that has a lot to do with this. Like, you know, Qui Gon Jinn gets distracted by like by Anakin. He gets distracted in the middle of this thing. He's like, "Ah, oh, we'll get back to Naboo. Well, we're going to stay on Tatooine for a while. We got to run this this race, and we got to you know use the Force to." You know, again, save some slaves, not all of them, just one slave. You know, we could save too many of them. That would be too much, too much for Qui Gon Jinn to be involved here. Make the Huts mad. Right. Uh, it was a lot of plot going on in this movie. <laughs> the 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 race and going to um 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 you know um Jar Jar's peoples to you know everything with um you know just on Naboo. Was anybody else bothered by the fact that we didn't get Anakin until like you know uh, a quarter a quarter into the movie? <clears throat> I'm, I'm you know to Tom's point you know where Anakin is being like the the um the the hero of the of the you know saga and everything excuse me or at least the first you know trilogy um, is could we have gotten Anakin at least like a a, a cap or, or or a framing device where you know we see a little bit of this boy maybe in the beginning of the movie instead of going into like the politics and then getting into like you know um a little bit of Anakin's story because is the I know this this movie is called the Phantom Menace and it's Star Wars I mean it's not called the Skywalker you know movie and everything but the anticipation of just seeing, and it just brings me back to the scene of moving in 99 to right now, um, the anticipation of seeing, you know, this young Skywalker and to where he become, you know, where he goes to, everything in the beginning, everything before him was a little, just a little sketchy to me, you know. That was the introduction, though. They had to set the stage. I, I, I understand. I understand. Okay. It, the the and, uh, another thing I have to say. I appreciate the movie bringing more complexity into it than what um what the previous you know movies did because it actually put it, it put a lot of it, it set up a lot of story for other things like the Clone Wars and like the Rebels and everything. It set up a lot of story for other artists and creators to actually you know expound upon and everything. So I appreciate that. But just seeing it not handled as deftly as, as it could have been was a little jarring to me. <laughs> right. And and that's where I think the the negativity, I guess, in the community may come from. It's, like we're saying, this is one of those movies that needed like a part one and part two. Um, you know, there's one, two, and three, and they well, just maybe felt like... writing a characterization. Maybe, but it's just, I mean, the timing, <laughs> yeah. I thought, like I said, I thought the movie pacing was great. Um, you know, it's just like... It's the dialogue. There is... 
dialogue. George Lucas, it's like the the cadence of the dialogue doesn't make sense. Like for instance, and this is the this is the reason I don't like Jake Lloyd. It's not his fault. My wife pointed out that this is not his fault at all. (laughs) So I like I totally misdirected this. But when he's jumping down, like when when they come in and Watto says you can leave for the day, and he goes yippee, I hate that so much because he would never in a million years go yippee. No one ever makes that sound naturally, and that is the thing about about George Lucas's writing that feels wooden. It's because the cadences that he uses are are you know aren't aren't natural and so everybody sounds a little bit stilted and it works for some of the characters like it works for Qui-Gon Jinn it works for Obi-Wan Kenobi but it doesn't really work for these kids it doesn't really work for I mean my my kid says yay he doesn't say yippee or whatever you know what did he want to go do he wanted to go work on C-3PO right he He was excited to be the maker (laughs) to be thanked later he had to do that or else you know it wouldn't have made sense I found right. I found the droids showing up. I thought CP three PO was the most specious inclusion of all. I remember like rolling my eyes as a as a teenager and being like, "This is ridiculous! Like, there's no way." I mean, he's just should be manufactured in a factory, right? Like, that's just. I mean, there's so many other droids that look like him. You don't assume that there's some like cottage industry making protocol droids somewhere. You know what I mean? You would think they'd have uh, moved forward to the industrial revolution at some point. We knew Anakin built him. That was what he did. He built he built C three PO. That was no, that's known fact two things about him you know, to know. Okay. build Canada. robots yeah virgin conception that's it two okay. things two things we know right it's um yeah um you know and like i said we can get into these these other points here as far as the movie but as far as the fight scene you know and like we, we were discussing some of the i thought the fight scenes were all right um and obviously I, this I, is the I, first the, time we saw I, I have to say this the beginning when they when the, the the you get the sound of the lightsabers and everything with Qui Gon and you know um, right. um, Obi Wan you know going at it with the with the um, with the robot yeah with yeah. the battle droids and everything that was awesome and that was just to set you up for you know just, and that was fan service right there was, you know yeah. the, to 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 give you a taste of you know things to come and okay we didn't forget you so I appreciated that go ahead <laughs> right. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I thought the fight scenes were okay. I mean, like I said, the Darth Maul, the interaction was, was really good. Um, little brief, you know, you saw him on the quick fight on uh, on Tatooine with the single, and then as we get to the end of the movie, uh, he pulls out the double-bladed. I thought the fight scenes were, at the time, I mean, they were unheard of. The choreograph, the choreography, excuse me, it was, uh, I thought it was top-notch. I mean, they still do that routine if you go on YouTube. Ray Park still does that on at Comic-Cons. At, uh, actually, um, they used to have lightsaber um, in France. So these have actually lightsaber uh, trials and things like that. There was like in the art of fencing, they did it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the fights were good. Obviously, you know, like I said, me being a Qui-Gon fan was unfortunate. And it wasn't the way it wasn't him dying, I guess. Was it. it was just the way he died, kind of, you know, I, I thought that like we got to the end. It got too quick. I just thought there would be a little more, you know, they they, they break into capital. He's there. They go off. It's just the ending to me was too quick. Um well, I, I think with Qui-Gon, we didn't get enough backstory with him. You know, we, we just basically just got him as, okay, he's, um, um, his Padawan is, um, you know, um, Obi-Wan and everything. And that's basically it, you know, as far as what I can, you know, just remember and everything. We didn't get a lot of, and he's a Jedi. Right. You know. And at and the time, like I said, the, the, <laughs> the EU wasn't as big into him um, as it, you know, grew into so like you're saying is like for the casual fan it might have been a little more difficult even for the star wars fan but 
um, you know, as we progress on, like I said, I, I, you know, he was find You find out later that he was probably one of the top Jedi out of the order, um, even Grandmaster Jedi. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. I thought that was the only hole was the kind of the ending was quick. Uh, the way they, even though he did it, the way he hacked on Darth Maul, I just, I, and the fight was cool. I just wanted a little more action, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a hard, it's a hard, hard thing to, to sort of, you know, to thread because they had a bunch of sort of climaxes going on at once. So it was being intercut right. between less interesting stories. And you kept thinking to yourself, get back to this stupid fight, get back to the fight. Like I would rather have seen that whole section be one hunk of a lightsaber fight. Right. Uh, you know, it's important to remember that when Darth Maul does this and he pulls the second lightsaber out in time from the original release of episode four from to now, that's about half. So that sits that this will sit right at the middle point in May of 44 years. So it's so interesting. That's 22 years since. And, you know, that fight changed how lightsaber action was. The original trilogy, they were like knights with these broadswords hacking slow and moving like they were 50 pounds to see these guys flying these things around like they actually weigh what they must weigh, which is nothing, was just yeah. really exciting. And honestly, even at, even at the end, you know, the, you know, the lightsaber bite at the, fight at the end of episode three <clears throat> is so epic, but it's different oh, than yeah. this. This just feels like a dirty street fight sort of fight to the death sort right. of like struggle where they're just kicking each other in the face you know what i mean like people yeah, I, get think, I think that was the only kicks. that was the only physical uh i think lightsaber battle we actually had typically it's just sword fighting there was actually that's why i like this it was a little grittier yeah yeah, so I, yeah that was awesome push these force push and every it, all these yeah. things read about or heard about uh since the original movies came out we never saw any of this so it was a it was really good i mean every action scene every fight was was great and i just got to mention like so they're kind of battle droids right left and right i get that that's cool but like in mandalorian when the stormtroopers were going down that easy that's that that i my only problem with that is the battle droids are fine because they're just robots but the stormtroopers there's there's people in there there's there's humans there's that's human life being just and they're just dying left and right to battle droids. OK, with the stormtroopers, they still got to work on that. And I want to see I want to see better with the stormtrooper uh, fighting. But battle droids cut apart and force push and pull. And I was it was awesome. I, and I coming think... from a casual uh, uh, I'll get, coming from a casual fan perspective, 1999, I didn't know what the heck was going on. Force push. What? Um, you know, the, the way they were fighting, I'm like, okay, this, it looks fine and everything, but was, but now knowing a lot of the, uh, of the Star Wars lore and everything going back to, you know, watching this movie over again, I appreciate like the push, you know, and, uh, and just the throwing against things and how they just use the force and, you know, um, just appreciation of, 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 of their skill as far as just using the force and, and, um, just the way that. You know, is this is did 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 um is this the first time that George used the Padawan as turned Padawan in? Oh yeah, he made that about yeah. cloth. The whole the whole braid yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, that no oh, yeah yeah. That was I was all okay. I still don't know what the hell that is honestly. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sort of dumb because wait because it's weird that it's a hair thing because like obviously like the Jedi is an interspecies like organization right so like not every species has, has right. hair but that's why it doesn't make sense. All right, I'm done. Sorry, Didi, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah, the, the cool, ahead. interesting aspect about this as well, a lot of people aren't aware of, and this is not until, I mean, current time, but uh, 
the Phantom Menace is a very similar story for Darth Maul than it is for Anakin. Um, his people were enslaved, uh, and this is even tied into the latest video game, the the uh, Fallen Order. Uh, so Darth Maul's people were enslaved by the Night Sisters. So he was basically taken as a young child. Um, he was the strongest one on this planet. So Sidious had courted him as on top of other apprentices he had. At the time, he was the strongest, so he took him in and brought him on. As you find out when he found out how weak he was and the things with Dooku, it, it was just one of those things that he was thrown to the bin. And then you find out later on as we progress into Star Wars, the current time now, that how he felt uh, later on in Solo and, you know, as far as his, his Red Faction and even in the Rebels comic when they see him alive again, it's uh, how he felt and the animosity he had towards the Emperor. Because at the end, um, before his final death in, in Comic Land or Animated Land, he talks about resentment towards the Empire, towards Palpatine, and the fact that he felt like abandoned, like Anakin. So his story is very similar um, to current day, uh, to what Anakin's kind of was. And it, it was basically a whole 180 to what Anakin's story was. He wasn't a Sith at the end. Um, he was actually against the Empire. And uh, so, yeah, his, his story uh, at the current day was is a lot more interesting. And if you guys take some time, even the viewers, go in and just, even if you YouTube it, just Darth Maul's story, there's actually parts they put all together. And it's it's really interesting. And it's like I said, it's a parallel to Anakin's, but it's the complete opposite way. What what what, what species is he? What, uh, what I'll is... have to look it up. I forget. It's on the, um. It, they talk about it during the Fallen Order game. Because there's actually, you, you go into that place. Dathomir is the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but, uh, their, their name is, is in the game. I'll have to look it up. So excuse me, guys. Uh, maybe some people in the in the chat or in the comments or even you guys listening to us, you'll know it. But uh, yeah, his species are on, they're from Dathomir. And, um, Zabrak. That's their, uh, Zabrak is the answer. Thank you, Tom. Don, uh, appreciate that. Tom is all hey, go. There we he go. Knows. Tom is the guy. Tom, Tom is the guy. Block. On the, on the ball. ball. We're going to have to make him an yeah. official producer one of these days. In the group and everything. So we, we got a lot of really good group members out there. Colleen, oh, sure. she's another one, you know, um, really good. Jeff, you know, mm -hmm. John's, I think, you know, he's a um, really good one. Um, we got some really good um, um, active members out there. So definitely appreciate you guys. Yeah, you guys ought to head over to our Facebook group, you know, Carbonite Bounty BS. Uh, we, we hang out. We, we we tend to be a little looser over there. We post funny memes and stupid things like uh, the stupid question I asked this week, asked the group, you know, uh, if you could punish <laughs> if you could punish Jar Jar Binks for uh, being Jar Jar Binks, essentially, what would you do? And uh, Jeff Johns had my answer. It uh, was so funny. He said, I just pull out his tongue. and That would really solve the problem. And Jeff, thank you for <laughs> for suggesting that. I wish they would have just handled that up front. Uh, funnily enough, uh, I have you know watched a, I've watched a version of this movie where the, all the Jar Jar Binks parts are like replaced with Huddies. You know what I mean? Just like like a thing that says "My people are honorable warriors." You know what I mean? It, it's much better. So you know, I, some things can be fixed. But uh, uh, we yeah. appreciate you guys so much, and uh, you know, thank you so much for commenting. You know, uh, we know you don't have to, and uh, as always. You know, uh, we're the place to go if you uh, if you are have some specific feelings about Darth Maul that you need to get out there. Our our group is a place to do that. So if you think of Darth Maul as a danger snack, come find us, <laughs> Carbonite Bounty BS, which is the name of our show. And again, we're no longer a Mandalorian podcast. Just to sort of get that out of the way, and that's how you do a segment organically, everybody. That's how you do it. My man, my man. Yeah, definitely join that group, guys. 
Um, <clears throat> any final thoughts about, um, you know, the movie itself? Um, you know, what do, what do we have going on there? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess we'll go, we'll go around the horn real quick. What are you guys' uh, rating for up to 10 as far as the movie? Uh, we'll start with you, Kendo. Uh, I, well... I give I give everything I see Star Wars wise a ten first. <laughs> so what if what if we say what if we say Kendo that because we appreciate I appreciate that your positivity so much but what if we pretend that if we that every Star Wars movie is a ten and what you're telling us is ten points and if they're really great they can be an eleven and maybe if they're not so great they're a ten point one maybe we maybe we play that game maybe we could do that what do you think? Here's what I do. So I give it a 10 because it's Star Wars and it's part of the whole thing. It's not really something like it's not like if someone said, OK, you could have one movie watch on a desert island for the rest of your life. Like, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, I'll take them all. Star Wars. But so it's a 10. But as far as a, um, a movie, if you compare it to other movies that are out there have been released, like you mentioned, you know, The Godfather, that's a great epic film. I'd say there are some spots in it which you know, movies. I guess they should have, they should, they should get you. They should attract your attention and then drift down a little bit, and it should go along for a while and some some story and character building, and then bam, it should blast you again, get your attention. Yeah. This one had a huge flat line in the middle. <laughs> sort of huge. We're excited to see that Republic cruiser on the Trade Federation ship, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Ooh, there's Jedi all of a sudden there under attack and they're attacking the ship from the inside and it's a it's a it's a double cross and they're you know there's a lot of going on and then it just goes it just rides along for a while and you really through the whole gungan experience and naboo and you're just sort of like almost being hypnotized like <laughs> like like they're, they're using the force and you don't want to really pay attention let's see any of this we're going to wait until we find oh the little boy in the pod racer and all of a sudden now that's george lucas's thing is racing yeah. yep 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 do it and then all of a sudden it's 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 up here like the movie's up here and it really doesn't go any it doesn't drop then at that point so the only thing i'd say is they probably want to take the first half hour to 40 minutes and maybe just just chop it out. Just, yeah. just yeah. take it out. Start with the the intro, the crawl, the intro, the the fight, the double cross, the yeah. escape. And yeah. as soon as you get to Naboo, just cut and back <laughs> up Tatooine. Yeah, that, let's get it straight to Tatooine. <laughs> I, think that just, I like that. I, I like that cut, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> let's get a Ken cut in. No <laughs> cut. And then and now and then you've got a 10 10 10 movie across the board but so i gotta yeah that would be my only that made my only critique of the movie okay what do you think hitch you know i i've i have i've ripped on this movie so many times on this and every you know everybody that's watching this or knows me knows i I like make fun of this movie i I found it to be a seven out of ten and and for me i was sort of thinking it was going to be a six and it sort of it won me over i think in the same way ken did because george lucas is he likes making racing movies and that scene is great and it sort of captures your attention and then the rest of the action sort of follows from there, right? Uh, I do not like the committee meeting invasion. That's dumb. I think that we should see a lot more of these droids menacing people. But the problem is we spend the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie making fun of them. And they're stupid and dumb. And they don't, you know, they're not going to kill anybody because they're not really harmful. So there's sort of a lack of dramatic tension in those scenes. That's because you made that mistake earlier. Uh, all the problems I think are in writing. The movie is gorgeous. And, and and here's the thing is that it's all green screen. It's all 20 years old. I, you know, there are some parts where 
you know, the effects don't hold up all together. But if it weren't for the insertion of the modern CGI Yoda in the Blu-ray release version of these, I wouldn't even notice. But once you see modern computer graphics and you see the old ones, you can sort of see the lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can tell yeah. the backgrounds and stuff are, are, are you know, are sets and not actual, like, you know, green screen. So, yeah, I see what you're saying for us production. It's just an old days um, thing. But like I said, yeah. it's 22 years old, and I think if you watch something else from its time period, like the Lord of the Rings movies, this holds right. up when you put the, when you put those next to each other. You can say, okay, these are these are as good as each other. Yeah. Mm. What do you think, DP? Yeah, I mean to 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 expand a little bit on um, Hitch's point. I mean George Lucas, he used a lot of CG in this movie in an overabundance, you know, to the point where. Um, it may have overshadowed some of the, the, the writing and, you know, some of the stuff that maybe he was trying to get across. Maybe he was just a little overzealous in his use. So you, you get like a lot of that. Um, as far as I'm right there, it's, it's, it's a seven, you know, where in 1999, it probably would have been a two or three. I'm like, what the heck is this crap um, <laughs> that they draw me into as a nerd, you know, um, watching it again, like I said, because I haven't seen it in um, 20 something odd years since it, since it came out. Um, yes, it sits up there as a seven because it's a fun watch and I'm not too hard on it. Like, you know, a lot of the fandom, you know, um, um, currently is, um, it's a kid's movie, you know, it's a kid's movie with a level of complication that wasn't in like the, 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 you know, the first trilogy and everything that, um, you have to really appreciate that he, that, that, that since you know that all these stories expand from that and everything, uh, it's, it's, it's a really great way to get like you know, Ken said, to, to get an introduction into the world of Star Wars now. So it's a lot more, let's see, you, you, you get a lot more of the universal struggles and a lot of the politics involved in not just, you know, Jedis fighting each other and everything and, you know, um, going against, you know, the, um, you know, um, just, just, a, just a, a bunch of various other stuff. But yeah, I'm sitting up there in, at a seven with my, um, my feelings for this movie and I appreciate um, the pod race. I appreciate the fight scene at the end. I don't appreciate the the Game of uh, Thrones um, Battle of the Bastards scene right there in the middle, where it was just all CGI, and it was just like, okay, did we really need this part? I could have just fast forwarded straight to like the fight scene, and there you have it. You're done. Just keep it small, George. Just keep it small. Um, I liked it. I love. I, I. I. I'm not gonna say I loved it. I almost say I loved it, but uh, I, I was just, just like I said in the beginning of the podcast. Really fun ride for me. Right. Uh, and me personally, I mean, at the time, I mean, of course, like Ken, it was a ten. Uh, bringing it realistic, I guess, looking at it time and time and anal- over analyzing it as I typically do most movies, uh, I'm gonna give it a seven as well. Uh, like I, said, I thought the movie pacing was all right. Uh, that middle section, as we all alluded to, wasn't needed. But uh, I just think this is the point to where in 99, we have to keep in mind the time frame. This is the first movie that literally exploded globally. With the marketing, I mean, and I just felt like the issue that people have, and it's, it's the Star Wars hardcore fans, as this movie not only was catered to them, but it was catered towards the masses. It was a movie for neutrals for anybody to come see. And I think that's where some of the repentment comes because it was a neutral movie. It really wasn't for the hardcores. It was a story about it. It was a children's tale. I mean, it, it was just something that you can watch for an individual movie. Right. So at that point, it was a seven to me, but uh, 
the movie was great. I mean, like I said, it sold out. It broke records. It's hard to say it was a bad movie when everybody watched it. And it literally launched Star Wars. And I kind of like the Disneyfication of it to where the problems we talk about now that, you know, with the last three, Disney went maybe two for commercial fans and trying to draw in other fans rather than listening and following stories that people know and that the fans want. So I think it's that's the only negative that George had is maybe – and I will never know if he really truly wrote the movie this way or that's the way he directed it. But I just felt that it was a little more fan service or not fan service, excuse me, but more of a uh, crowd pleaser than fan service. That's my only negative to the movie. And then in the feedback, uh, Tom Hastings is going to give us a eight of 10 rating for Phantom Menace. So put your name we'll on it, write that. that down. Thanks so right, much. Tom. And, you know, if, and if anybody's in the car listening, as, as we discussed multiple times, all the different avenues we have, don't, don't, please don't feel free to, uh, feel free to mention your rating, your comments uh, on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, um, YouTube in the comments. If you guys have ratings, uh, let us know. Uh, put some things down as far as why you rated or what you thought about the uh, the movie. Um, and as far as moving forward, guys, uh, the next episode will be. I believe breaking down episode two. Yes. Yes. So um, that'll be our next episode is our basically breakdown of episode two, our thoughts. Um, in some cases, most people, the best, the best of the three, but uh, we'll get uh -oh. everybody's uh, points. Here, <laughs> that's right? going to be a, there's uh -oh. going to be a spectrum of opinion on that uh -oh. one, I guess. Clown. Camino. Yes. How much, how much of star Wars diner culture you know, can I can I not love? You know, honestly, that's that's right. what I want to know. How am I supposed to not love? Oh. You talking about Dex? Daxter, Daxter. Daxter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obi Wan's best friend yeah. for some reason. Right. Oh, a great a great bowl of whatever Ewok hash that he served up. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah. Angry waitress bought. Like, what's the point of having? All right, I'm not doing. That. Well, next 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 time. Next we'll time, a, great teaser. <laughs> Definitely. But once again, guys, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, as far as a quick outro, please smash a like on the video on YouTube. Uh, please uh, give us five-star ratings, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, um, you know, any kind of streaming platform. Um, wherever you're listening to us, wherever you're watching us, whether it's live or later, please comment on it. We do want to uh, interact with you guys. Um, we want to make this a bigger community. We want a yep. voice for not only us, but a voice for everybody else to kind of have, like I said, it's kind of like a... You know, barbershop talk, you know, the stuff that people don't talk about, you don't get to hear. We want to put that spin on it to give everybody, you know, true, as we consider true fan opinion, not just the uh, opinion that uh, everybody wants for clicks. So, and it's uh, four of us, not one, not four. two, not three. Four. You got four voices. You know, you those know, ice creams. I mean, were... how many are you going to see that? How many flavors of ice cream do you want? Just one? That's dumb. Two? No thanks. Three? Three is not enough. Four? Four enough. is the right amount of flavors. Five flavors, that's right too many amount. flavors. You should have stopped at four. Yeah. Stick with us. We are where you want to be. Star Wars. Appreciate it, guys. But uh, once again, we thank you guys for tuning in. Until the uh, next episode, guys, uh, may the force be with you. And may the force be with you. This is the way. I was saying it. <laughs>